0: This episode is brought to you by the new D9 Business Directory. Shop Greek-owned brands from a variety of categories. And if you are Greek, author, or business owner, add your profile today at d9business.com. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly Speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to Greekly Speaking, I'm Eric Tucker and joining me for this episode is Dr. C. Nicole Swiner of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Dr. Swiner was initiated in the Lambda Omega chapter of Delta Sigma Theta in the spring of 1999 at Duke University. She's a family physician, a professor, a speaker, a publisher, and an Amazon bestselling author. One of her latest books is entitled 12 Ways to Balance Mind, Body, and Spirit, How to Avoid the Superwoman Complex. And she is a recent D9 Business Directory member. So congratulations, and please welcome Dr. C. Nicole Swiner. Thank you for joining us on Greekly Speaking.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Hey, it, this is great, man. If the show's going to be anything like the prep, I'm, I'm already having a good time. So this oh, is great. Okay. This is great. So thank you for joining us again. I mean, I know you've got a crazy, busy, hectic schedule and we appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. It's doing Friday. Good. I'm looking forward to the weekend. The sun is shining. You know, I, I try not to complain. I'm, I'm I'm in a good mood today. <laughs>
0: Apparently, so. I love it. So uh, hopefully you see the light at the end of your pandemic tunnels, and you know things are kind of getting back to whatever normal was. What we wanted to do was just get to know a little bit about you. We kind of connected on social media, saw some of the content you were posting. And I was like, man, this, this person has a lot going on. You, you know, she's killing it on the marketing side and a lot of good okay. feedback from, from your content. So I was like, hey, let's see who this person is. So mm-hmm. first question for you, did you have any Greek influences? coming up in your life?
1: So I, you know, born in South Carolina, raised a little bit all over the South, but my family roots are in Charleston. Graduated from high school in Charleston. And when I graduated, a lot of my teachers, educators, and like, you know, elders in the community, whether it be a church, et cetera, Happened to be members of Delta Sigma Theta, and then I later learned that an aunt of mine also was a delta, and so I I had that influence sprinkled around without even really noticing it at the time when I was younger. But then when I started learning about what Greek life was, I was like, oh yeah, I remember. So and so was a delta. My favorite teacher was a delta. My favorite aunt was a you know. I learned about it in that way, and then while I was in college, my favorite cousin slash god sister pledge delta and so that she was really one of my biggest inspirations to join the the sisterhood and just kind of see what what it meant to be part of that organization so yes all around me i, I generally had mostly delta around me and didn't even know it
0: okay so first of all we got to get some more zeta churches out in north carolina but
1: uh <laughs> there was <Zetas> around too <laughs> <laughs> my best friend is that- zeta i love her dearly <laughs>
0: My best friends, grow. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. That's how
0: it is. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. So, how many um, ladies came in with you when
1: you? Twenty five of us, which is huge for PWI, wow. right? Wow. So, at a at predominantly white school, and you know, Duke in the nineties, having more than eight or nine online, it was unheard of. But we were off the yard for a couple of years. You know, it was okay. a little, little bit of trouble. A little bit of trouble that happened before me as as often (laughs) so we had to wait a little bit and in that wait, a couple of us you know the 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 anticipation was building so there were 25 of us
0: that's cool and what was the name of the line
1: genesis 25 a legacy reborn
0: okay okay and what was your line name
1: serenity
0: Yes. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> All of that. I was the chaplain of the, of the chapter.
0: <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. All right. And whatever what was your, what, whatever was your that means. what was your line number?
1: I was 23. I was Jordan. I was the Jordan of the line. 23.
0: The Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never heard it referred to as the Jordan, but that's OK. I love <laughs> yeah. that. I love that. Well, that's that's great. So, what, what type of community service projects was your chapter known for?
1: Oh, wow. That's a good question. We did a lot of work with local schools. So I remember going and tutoring at a lot of the local elementary schools in Durham. We would partner up a lot with other chapters to do that, to go and do EK Poe. Was the one that stands out. We used to go to EKPO a lot, and either tutor or just mentor the kids there. I remember doing blood drives, particularly for minority patients. We were involved in that a lot. You know, I definitely had a love for medicine that early, so I knew we wanted to do a lot of medical things and then a lot of food drives. You know, canned goods that we would donate to local um, food banks and things of that nature. Those are the three that that stand out.
0: What impact would you say that being Greek has had on your life so far?
1: Wow. Those were some, particularly undergrad, those were the best years of my life. You know, I had some misgivings early on about going to a PWI. You know, I always wanted to go to an HBCU, right? So growing up, I wanted to go to Spelman. I wanted to go to Howard. I wanted to go to Hampton. But, you know, life happens and and you know I knew my father, my parents knew that I wanted to go into medicine. They knew I was really serious about becoming a physician. You know, the the grades were there, the scores were there. They said, why not just, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit and just see what's out there. And um started looking at schools here in North Carolina. Again, I was in South Carolina. And so I was looking at a state just to see what was out there. And Duke just, you know, became something that I, I became intrigued about, uh, my Dukies will hate to hear this, but I actually did also want to go to Chapel Hill. Don't tell anybody I said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to tell anybody. It's only going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, (laughs) but they won't hear it from me. That's Uh, right.
1: But no, I loved UNC as well. You know, uh, basketball during the '90s was was big. You know, college basketball was big. So Duke basketball was, was big. Chapel Hill had a phenomenal basketball team, and I was in, into sports and lo- watching that. But long story short, I had concern about you know, is my community going to, going to be there? You know, will I have, you know, people that look like me that I connect with on, on such a large PWI campus? And so becoming Greek became my safe place and became the place that I could connect with my folks. And that's where I now have lifelong best friends and aunties and, you know, uncles, you know, in my, in my children's life now, because we've just stayed so close since then. So, you know, that, that bond, that sisterhood, that friendship, that network has been tremendously important even into my adult years.
0: Hey, that that's fantastic. And so what advice would you give, to that young college student who's considering joining a Greek organization, whether it's fraternity or sorority?
1: Yeah. So do your research, you know, figure out what fits your personality and your lifestyle best. You know, it's not just about who's the most popular, who's the most popping on campus, you know, do your research, see who uh, is not also not even, you know, what you were born into. It's not necessarily always about legacy. I mean, if that's important to you, then so be it. But if your, you know, your current school, the yard has, you know, a, a variety of sororities or fraternities available. See, see what that chapter is about. See what the people in that chapter is about. You know, it could be an incredible national organization, but the people on the yard could be trash. You know, like you don't want to be, <laughs> you don't want to be associated with people who, right? It, GPA matters. You know, community service matters. You know, whether the chapter has been in a lot of trouble or has been off the yard for doing illegal activities. I mean, that stuff matters. So, you know, find your tribe, but make sure you do your research first is, is always the advice I give to, to folks in, in college or folks even, you know, in grad chapter situations. I still tell them, go research, see what the chapter is doing. Do you like those people? <laughs> you know, if you don't like those people, it might not be for you.
0: See, you're, you're talking about a whole different level of research. That's that's research and there's investigation, you know? Mm-hmm. You're talking about in. digging deep, dude. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that, that's great. It's, it's cool that you had that community that you were hoping to have, but you seem like the type of person that can just thrive in any community out there. Communities look for you. I I, I love it. So that's cool. So so you're doing the great thing in the 90s and doing pre-med. So how long have you known that you wanted to go into medicine?
1: Probably early on in high school. You know, I I definitely loved math and science. And I think once people notice that you're making good grades in those areas or you have a passion for those areas, most people will then start to say, hey, you know, are you interested in science? Would you want to go into medicine, you know, and kind of mentor you in that way? And I actually had um, the privilege of having a Black dentist as I was growing up that took me under his wing and kind of showed me about, you know, the ins and outs of patient care and having your own practice and what that means. And so my first real job, you know, at 16 was kind of being, you know, helping out in the dental office, you know, so I was blessed to be able to have that mentorship there. His wife actually was also a family doctor. And so I got to kind of just feel what that lifestyle was about and really see if that's something that I could do for myself. So I think that kind of solidified that in some way, I want to be involved in patient care.
0: Well, you truly are part of a very special breed. Uh, yeah. Hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that that you found your passion early mm-hmm. on so that you can start preparing early, right? Yeah. So that that is great. So speaking of passions, I've noticed that you seem to have a knack of balancing career with <laughs> life and serenity, so to speak. I saw a post on your feed and it was just a one-liner and I was like, that is awesome. And it just says, mommy be back.
1: Mommy be back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, can we, nope, mommy be back. Walk, walk me through that whole concept. <laughs> what was going on or, or what? Cause I feel like a lot of women can relate to that statement and have probably mm-hmm. had to use it several times.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I stole it from my husband, Rick Swiner. Uh, shout out to Rick. He He's hilarious. I think he's hilarious. But uh, he heard it on a joke somewhere, like, you know, about some wayward mother leaving her kids at home, going out to be in the streets, uh, you know, with the mommy be back line. And so when I'm out in these streets, <laughs> like, mommy be back. You know, you have to have your time. You have to, I mean, oh, hold on, yeah, yeah, take a sip on that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Mothers and fathers, we all, if you are a parent, you know, shout out to you, kudos to you, especially during this crazy pandemic year. Things have been crazy. And, you know, you mentioned me having a knack for balance. You know, that's always a work in progress. You know, I don't know if there's such a thing as balance anymore. I think there's more, you know, integration that we try to achieve, especially if you're an entrepreneur. But you need your time. You got to take out time for yourself. You have to go out and, be alone and be quiet or go out with your friends and have a glass of wine every every once in a while and, and just, you know, de-stress. So then you can come back home when mommy gets back, you can be happier and, you know, more fulfilled. And now you're ready to take on being a parent again.
0: You know, balance, everything looks all nice and neat, but really the purpose is just not to fall. I don't care how you look, as long as you don't fall, you're killing it. So to all the moms, dads, and parents out there, just don't fall. Speaking of the whole balance, I, I took a sneak peek at your book. Talk to me about this book. I thought there was a, a just a great concept, you know, with how to balance mind. It was on Amazon and yeah. I quickly added it to my Kindle collection. Uh, I like getting different perspectives because I, I feel like women have a whole different secret toolkit of how to deal with life. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 what I've gleaned out of it was that there's this, anybody could use some of the tools from from this text. And so yeah. talk to me about where would you get the passion to write it and what was that like?
1: Yeah. And then I'll also, as a shameless plug, you'll have to get the second one. It's called a follow up, which I actually like even better than the first one. But we'll, oh, we'll wow. talk about it. Okay. The first one. Okay. <laughs> but follow up. Um, yeah. So you mentioned not falling, right? What's interesting is as I became a family physician working at Durham Family Medicine, which is where I've always been. But when I first came in for residency, it was owned by a hospital. So it was called Durham Family Practice. Fresh and green doctor, just trying to get my feet wet, gain some patients, et cetera. But then later met and married my husband. that had my first kid and then, and my first of, of two. And during that same time, we were turning over from a UNC owned clinic to a private practice. So now I'm a business owner, which I never wanted to be. <laughs> I never, never, never anticipated owning a business, knowing how a business is supposed to be run, paying people, I did not want to do any of that stuff. But you know, God is funny like that sometimes, right? So all the stuff is happening at one point at the same time. I'm trying to handle all the things. I'm back from maternity leave. You know, having to do all the things that a new mom is supposed to do and be a good wife, et cetera, you know, all that. Literally, after seeing a patient coming back from maternity leave, I fe- I hit the floor. I passed out. <laughs> out. And of course, now everybody's like, well, uh, how do you know? Are, are you stressed? Are you resting? And I was like, of course, I'm stressed out. Well, I, I just had a baby. I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm, yeah, this is just how life is supposed to be, right? Wrong. Right so then I had to relearn and readjust and actually it was the the men in my life interestingly it was my father and my husband that introduced me to this whole topic of particularly black women burning out doing too much trying to be superwoman right and essentially damaging themselves and that they didn't want that to happen to me so I started reading And learning about this whole superwoman complex and what that means and how particularly black women, all women, especially if you're type A, you deal with a lot lot of this, but particularly black women, we wear our capes. We want to fix it all. We want to be perfect, have all the things look wonderful. And at the end of the day, we're not taking care of ourselves. And so I had to readjust. And in that readjustment, I started writing a little bit. And so I would share some of my thoughts on social media I would share thoughts with my patients. We would have discussions about that, about what does self-care look like and are you taking good care of yourself? And after sharing it a lot with other people, I would notice that my colleagues in medicine were starting to write books and put things together in book form. And I said, well, you know, I would love to put this in book form as well. So took those things that I've been sharing on social media and in blogs, put it together in book form. And that's where that first book came from.
0: What kind of feedback have you gotten from some of your readers?
1: Yeah, phenomenal. It's been, you know, not only is it a way to acknowledge and share with the world that I am indeed a superwoman. So me, I'm working on myself all the time, trying to not be a superwoman and trying to make sure that I take time for self-care. So being able to connect with other women that feel that way has been really, it's been therapeutic for me and then has been nice to talk about with, with, you know, everyone else either online or in person, like when I do workshops and go speak at, at speaking gigs. It's, it's nice to see the, the nods and the light bulbs go off. Like, yeah, girl, me too. (laughs) Like what are we going to do about it? Yeah.
0: So, so do you ever make that extra connection with some of your patients who may also be doing that Clark Kent superwoman double duty, so to speak, it seems like that would increase the comfort level a little bit, right?
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of, yeah, me too that we have during the conversations that we have in clinic, you know, and I I love to get that connection because it feels more personal and it feels, it lets them know that I know, I know how you feel and I've been through it too and you're not alone. So it's really nice to have that additional bond with them on top of just patient doctor relationship.
0: So how did you manage to squeeze all of this in I mean, with (laughs) the medical practice? I mean, family aside, right? I mean, that that's, that right there is a business, right? That's probably your first business that you ever had is is having a family and running a household. But, you know, you got your practice and I know it's a long process to actually go from concept to publications. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so I self-published, which means that you can break all the rules, you know, you don't have to follow one, you know, protocol, and there's not a person telling you what you have to and what you don't have to do. So number one, the self publishing, I think makes it easier, because then you're on your own timeline. But number two, I didn't necessarily reinvent the wheel. Like, like I mentioned, I'd taken a lot of stuff I'd already written. So I'd already written, you know, a bunch of things on social media, a bunch of things in blogs, a little article here and there for the local magazine, I took those things and put them together. So I wasn't just sitting in front of an empty computer screen and starting at page one, I would take what I'd already created. So a lot of, you know, and I guess maybe we'll talk about the publishing later, but once I learned how to do that on my own, what I usually will then teach my authors to do is take what you've already written, start, start there, you know, you're a PhD and you had a dissertation that you wrote, start with a dissertation, or if you wrote, a paper on something that you're really excited about, start there, you know, so that you're not necessarily starting um, from scratch. And that makes it easier.
0: Wow. And so because I have a few of my guests that have gone the self-publishing route, what was that experience like for you? And how much does it actually help with that process? You mentioned that you get to break the rules, but did you find that it was really that much easier to, to actually write your book and get it actually published by having your own company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I went originally through Amazon. Amazon has a great system for those that are publishing their own book. And you can uh, either work. Well, it used to be you could work with someone in particular. It used to be called Create Space where you could... um, you know, pay to have someone that walks you through the process, but now they're not doing that as much now. Now you kind of have to do it and learn as you go. But, you know, you listen to a couple of YouTube clips and, and read through Amazon's step-by-step process, and it's really not as hard as it may seem initially. So it was fairly easy to self-publish. I mean, clearly it would have been easier say a, a huge publishing company had approached me. But the, the only issue or the problem with that is that after that process, you don't own your own kind. You know, they get to do what they want to do with your book and you don't really have a say in it. But if you self-publish, or if you work with someone like me that helps you to self-publish, you still are the owner of your own content and you do what you want to do with it. So not as hard as you think. It may take a little bit of a learning curve to you know, listen to some YouTube clips or talk to some folks or uh, read through Amazon's process. But once you got it, it's pretty easy. And then get other people to help you. You don't have to do the whole process all by yourself.
0: Well, that's great. You're not only helping the people that that are being addressed in the book, and the content, but also you're helping those potential authors, right? Those future authors to to learn the process with somebody who's gone through the process, that credibility factor. Now, you mentioned a second book, Follow Up, and this is a cool, catchy phrase coming from a doctor. Right. (laughs) You get
1: it. You get it. I love this.
0: I love this. So talk to me about this one. I mean, where did this concept come from? Is this from the demand from the first book?
1: I mean, kind of, sort of, you know, I, so I wrote the first book, probably, like I said, I had my first of two kids just starting the business as a private practice doctor, still early in marriage, learning that whole balance. So that was like, you know, one phase of my life. Book two was after the second kid, having been in private practice for a while, talking about the superwoman complex, you know, for a couple of years. So about a year to two years later. After sharing what I wrote in the first book and talking to more people about it, I kind of put together, okay, well, here, this is where I am now kind of situation with the second book. So I like the second book probably even more because it's a little bit more personal. The first book is more of a resource. You know, it, it explains what the superwoman complex is and the steps and the signs and symptoms and how you can fix it. The second book is really more about my own personal journey and how I am getting over being a superwoman all the time. So, you know, I think both are great, but <laughs> that's, that's where the second book came from.
0: I love it, a doctor who schedules a follow-up appointment with herself. So what's next for you?
1: Since starting Swiner Publishing Company, which I started around the time of the second book, I have been working a lot with other authors. I've probably published about 80 or so authors with their own books, so still doing a lot of that. And, you know, one question you asked before that I wanted to kind of tap into was, you know, how, how do you get it all done? What I did, and, and I made a actually tweeted about this early this week, it's really hard to own these, these businesses if you don't work for yourself. And I know that that, that is a privilege I and mean, also a burden. <laughs> I mean, being a, a solopreneur at times can be really, really burdensome. But for my folks that are kind of seeking more balance, more control over their schedule, owning your own b- business is beneficial in a lot of ways. And the biggest benefit, I think, is freedom. So with owning the private practice, I was able to change my schedule so that I work from home two days out of the week and working from home two days out of the week helps me to be available to do stuff like this or to talk to my authors and help them launch their bestseller, you know, bestselling campaign. So that's what I've been doing when I'm, when I'm at home, I see patients a little bit via telemedicine, but I'm doing a lot more stuff with the side business. And so working with, pay, or excuse me, working with authors is the the next stuff that I'm mentioning. And with that, I've also been doing some collaborative books with some of my authors. So we have a Superwoman Survival Stories series that we started and we did book one a couple of years ago prior to the pandemic. Book number two is actually coming out next week. And so I have a chapter with some of my other authors that we share our stories of, you know, trauma to triumph. Um, A second series that I created is called Thinking About Quitting Medicine. And that's for my medical folks who are suffering from burnout or have suffered from burnout and created their own course. And they're getting over mental health issues and all of that. And so I have some collaborative chapters that I did with them there. But the last thing and the most recent thing that I did, which is probably the most fun is I added IV hydration to what I'm doing from a medical standpoint. Serenity, which is my line name is the name of the hydration and wellness company or kind of arm to the Superwoman uh, brand that I created. So Serenity, Hydration, and Wellness is what it is. And people can come either to me at Durham Family Medicine or I can come out to them in North Carolina and we can bring IV fluids. So the pregame before you go out and hang out, the after-party hangover, the you know, flu or stomach virus, you know, dehydration or you just want to feel more rejuvenated, more hydrated, get some vitamins in your life, I can come with my certified team and we can pull up in the mobile van and come and meet you wherever you are. It's an IV. So, you know, intravenously and give you some IV fluids, some vitamins, whatever you need to get you back and going. So with my Superwoman brand and Durham Family Medicine, it's kind of a natural progression and with the trend. And there have been a lot of these IV and spa and wellness areas that have popped up In metropolitan areas. And so I was like, well, why not Durham? Why can't Durham have something like this? So we just started that last month and that's been a lot of fun.
0: So you mean to tell me you can roll (laughs) up to the frat house? Yes. And, you know, right before we get ready to do our thing, and you can get all the brothers hooked up (laughs) literally hooked up. Yes. Hydrated. You pack up and we can head on and go do what we're about to go do. I I love this. I love this. A doctor (laughs) that can hook you up.
1: The TV show on Showtime. Yeah. Three years ago, there was an episode where the main character's friend was out drinking and drugging too much one night. And he was supposed to be ready for a really big business meeting the next morning. And he was like, out. So the main character's wife who was a nurse pulled up with like two or three of her colleagues. And they rolled the fluids into his hotel room got him hooked up. And he was like, good as gold. I said, I can do that. <laughs> and that and that's where it came from.
0: Sorry. I needed some hydration. So
1: <laughs> hydrate. Th-
0: this is awesome. You know, and you definitely consider adding that business brand to the D9 directory as well. Cause it is yes. a separate business that, you know, I think is a phenomenal idea and we wish you nothing but the best of success with your books and with your publishing company, and I mean, I, I see so much upside for this because I think if you're saying that you, you've you got well over 50, close to 100 authors published, I think you, you can mentor publishers, <laughs> you know, at, at that point, not just the authors. So keep that in your pocket. We might have to add another weekday to the calendar for you because I I don't know how you do it, man. A
1: lot of help. Shout out to my husband, Rick Swiner. None of this stuff would be possible without him. Shout out to the folks that I hired to help call people and schedule appointments and help me do stuff. So I I have, I'm blessed to have people, a team that has been very, very helpful. So that's really how I'm able to do it is by asking for help.
0: She has so many brands. Go check her out and give me that second book again.
1: It's called The Superwoman Complex, A Follow-Up Visit.
0: And tell us where we can find it.
1: All on Amazon or at my online store, which is bit.ly slash the Swiner store.
0: And if you got the Kindle Unlimited or if you got any Kindle devices, you can easily get them added to your devices so you can read them at your leisure. Go check her out, folks. You're not going to want to miss this young lady and what she has in store for you. I'm Eric Tucker with Greekly Speaking. She's Dr. C. Nicole Swiner, and I'm loving this. If there's anything else you have going on that we can help you promote, don't hesitate to reach out to us, okay?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.